Welcome to Is It Bedtime Yet? The podcast for parents about mental health and the experience of being a parent. The podcast that discusses what it's like to be adults raising tiny humans that make us all ask, is it bedtime yet? Welcome back to Is It Bedtime Yet? I'm Dr. Jen and I am here with Dr. Serene. Hello. Hello. Uh, So Mm -hmm. we were talking about topics, we were talking about things to talk about, and uh, I feel like one common thread of things that we talk about in almost every episode um, could actually be its own episode. So I think the theme of what we talk about a lot is being a good enough parent. Right. And I think that is kind of thread through every single episode, but... I realize that a lot of people may not know the term good enough parenting or know where it came from and the, or the origin of it. So we were like, well, fuck it. Let's just do a whole episode about that and just kind of like let you guys know exactly what that means every time we talk about it so that when we inevitably talk about it more in other episodes, you know what that means. Okay. So the phrase itself is pretty self-explanatory, but what's, right. what does good enough parenting mean? Right. Well, so... First of all, let's kind of back up to the origin of it. So um, there's a psychologist uh, named D.W. Winnicott, and he wanted to really, like, normalize the idea of sound instincts for normal parents. Like, I think there's a lot of it. There's always historically been a lot of anxiety for parents about parenting. Like, I don't don't think that's something that's new to our generation. Mm -hmm. I think it's a historical concept. Um, And so... He wanted to come up with the idea. His idea started with the good enough mother, right? And then over time, it sort of evolved into the good enough parent. And so the idea of a good enough mother is uh, that it defends the ordinary mother that, like, they don't have to be some extraordinary, you know, I think we would call it today, like, the, the Instagram, IG, the, Instagram the IG perfect mom. Yeah. Um, but really, there's this, like, growing threat of parents feeling like they have to be perfect or like the uh what he calls the intrusion into the family from professional expertise so the idea that like professionals are telling you exactly how you have to parent or exactly what you're doing to like traumatize your children like we had an episode a little while back about freud Mm -hmm. and freud had all these ideas about how we're fucking up our kids by our, our parenting styles and so i think winnicott's idea is that um he's trying to combat the idea that we need to parent according to all of the experts and that we need to parent according to what you should be doing. Um, and instead, focusing on the the nurturing environment that parents can provide for their child, right? So like there's not one ideal way to parent, but instead focusing on the nurturing that you're able to provide for your child. Yes. Yeah. So now bringing it to a little bit more modern uh, times and research and, and uh publications. Um, In 1987, a book was published by Bruno Bettelheim called A Good Enough Parent. Um, And it kind of like goes off of the ideas of Winnicott, uh, but expands it more to the parents versus just the mother. And there's a quote from the preface of that book that that I really like, where he says, in order to raise a child well, one one ought not to try to be a perfect parent as much as one should not expect one's child to be, or to become a perfect individual. Perfection is not within the grasps of ordinary human beings. Efforts to attain it typically interfere with the lenient response to the imperfection of others, including those of one's child, which alone make good human relations possible. So the idea is that when you expect perfection, when you expect yourself or your children to be perfect, um, every... 
everything that's not perfect, which is most of what humans do, uh, gets sort of amplified and, and scrutinized. And so every little mistake that a person makes as a parent, um, they, they really judge themselves really harshly over. Right. And right. so the idea instead is to not aim to be perfect, but instead aiming for, um, I don't know, good enough, aiming for uh, making sure you're providing nurturing and safe environments for your kids. So I know he talked about um, the good enough parenting and mm-hmm. doing just enough to kind of survive parenthood and yeah. raise a emotionally and mentally healthy child. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, Winnicott was one of the supporters, or I mm-hmm. guess, you know, he did talk about object relations yeah. theory a lot. And, and that has to do with the child's relationship with the world or mm-hmm. how he perceives the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he did talk about the sense of true self and false self. And this is where I think the good enough parenting is kind of, he gives an example of what it could look like. Mm-hmm. Um, the child's true self, he's saying, develops when their needs are met. Like an infant, they cry for milk, it magically appears in their mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're hungry, they have food. Mm-hmm. Um, and this idea, when it happens quick enough, mm-hmm. when they're not crying for prolonged periods, they establish this idea of, like, magic. I'm crying and it's happening. So they have this sense of power and the yeah. sense of, um, I guess, control over their world, mm-hmm. which in layman's terms, I guess, helps their confidence. Right, and confident the, self-esteem. Right. Like, yeah. But a child that's crying for prolonged periods of time or is, you know, sensing some kind of um, depression or, you know, these negative, air quotes, negative emotions from the parent, they don't have that ability to develop that sense of power, that sense of control. So they're constantly looking to their parent. They're constantly looking to their caretaker to um, please them. Mm -hmm. And they internalize the parents personality or the parents you know behaviors yeah. as a way to please them and they're saying a lot of times and uh he says a lot of times when people say like oh your kid is just like you he walks just like mm-hmm. you he talks just like you that's really the kid kind of trying to internalize your behaviors to yeah. gain your approval um again this to me is a little bit like freudish a little mm-hmm. bit more it's more it psychoanalytic is. than i'm yeah. comfortable with i'm, I'm not a <laughs> psychoanalytic therapist right but so this is one component of what he identifies as, like, that good enough parent. Like, yeah. meet your child's basic needs. Right. You don't have to, you know, buy them all the toys or in today's standards. If right. you're told all of the IG mom standards, I guess. Right. Not like there's anything wrong with IG moms. No. I feel like we're shaming them. But, no, um, you know, the stereotypical concerns that we all have. I have right. that super stereotypical concern of, yeah. like, I'm not good enough as this other mom who is doing all these things with her kids. And right. I don't have time or whatever. Um, So he's pretty much saying if you meet their basic needs and support them and be there for them when they're going through these needs, food or mm-hmm. whatever, yeah, then you're the good enough parent. Right. And, that you're, and I like what you said, too, about that sense of control. That, like, it gives them that sense of control over their right. world so that they develop enough of a true, um, self. true self and, like, self-esteem yeah. and self-worth um, so that they grow up to be a quote-unquote healthy functioning adult, whatever that means. As opposed to the false self, I guess, which is more of the child internalizing the personalities of their caretakers or whoever whoever they're trying to please. Right. 
Um, and that's the person that's going to grow up and be an unhappy adult because mm-hmm. although they'll be successful and they'll have gained a lot of accolades or success, mm-hmm. they won't be internally content and happy because that's their true personality or their true sense of self was never developed. Right. Um, yeah. And so there's one aspect of, uh, of good enough parenting that I really like and kind of like attach to. And that's the idea that good enough parents respect their children and try to understand them for who they are. Mm-hmm. And and so I think that's kind of the idea of like meeting your kids where they're at, mm-hmm. being present, listening. Um, and that's something that every parent can aspire to do. You know, so you to- said meeting your kids where they're at. Mm-hmm. I think this is such a therapist term because we always say we should meet their clients where they're at yeah what does that mean so to me meeting your kids your clients whoever where they're at is not creating ideas of standards in your head for what they need but instead really assessing the needs of that person and quote unquote meeting them where they're at and coming to their level and providing them with the things that that person needs not what you think that they need or as or having them be where you're at. Ugh, that took a right, lot. Right. You know, if, <laughs> know. if you're, yeah. you know, if your expectations are different and you're right. in a different place in your life, mm-hmm. expecting that from them. Right. Or, you know, not being able to empathize with their situation and not mm-hmm. sit with their situation and not be present with what yeah. they're experiencing. Like a good example in terms of parenting is if you have, like, let's let's start with toddlers, but really this could apply to teenagers or anybody. Mm-hmm. If you have a child who's just really dysregulated. Their emotions are all over the place. They're unable to think clearly because they're right now being ruled by their emotions. A lot a lot of parents' instinct is to try to have a rational conversation with their toddler, teenager, whatever, mm-hmm. and try to tell them why what they're doing is wrong or try to talk them down from where they're at. But when you're being ruled by your emotions, having a toddler tantrum or a teenager tantrum, whatever it looks like, you need to meet them where they're at by addressing those emotions first. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that looks like a timeout or a time in so that they can cool down and calm down. Sometimes that means taking breaths with them. Sometimes that means um, allowing them, like allowing your teenager space to storm off and close the, slam the door and be in their room to cool down. Pretty much the, you're pretty much naming all the things that are the opposite of engaging in a power struggle with your child. Exactly. Yeah. And I think what that power struggle comes from, though, is it comes from a good place, typically. Right. Right. Like it's the parent saying, well, I'm trying to deescalate the situation. I'm trying to address the problem right now. Mm -hmm. And it's a very problem solving, solution focused kind of mentality versus what I'm suggesting is if it's hard. So it takes some practice to be able to implement this regularly. But if you're able to soothe your own anxiety about what's happening and meet your child wherever they're at, so if they're in this like highly unregulated emotional state, meeting them where they're at and not engaging in that power struggle, like you said, Mm -hmm. and allowing their emotions to dissipate a little bit so that you can have that rational conversation with them. Yeah. You reminded me there was a a time um, several years ago when my son was maybe one and a half and Mm -hmm. I was pregnant with my second and... He just had this meltdown at the mall where he was just screaming and crying. I mean, it was completely irrational. Yeah. And I remember just sitting literally on the floor in the middle of the mall and just holding him as he's mm-hmm. screaming because what can I do at this point? Right. Um, and I rem- remember an older woman making a comment like, oh, thank God my grandkids aren't like that. Mm. And I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Or people walking by and just um, like looking at us like right. we're – freaks or something and 
It's like, I, you know, why can't you keep him quiet? Why can't you quiet him down? Why can't, no, I am, I'm soothing him. This mm-hmm. is what is going to work. If I scream at him or yell at him and say, stop, you know, you're overreacting. It or, the situation. It's going to escalate yeah. the situation. Um, so I think recognizing that you, you, you said, uh, recognizing your own anxiety and mm-hmm. putting that in check and then dealing with theirs. I think that's such a key component of, yeah. um, I think good enough parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, is it okay to sit in the middle of the mall with a screaming child at like six months pregnant? Right. Eh, probably not. But is it what we have to do at that moment yeah. to help him deescalate? Sure. Yeah. Um, I love that you brought up the physical component of like holding him and physically holding because I think that's a very yeah. like nurturing and deescalating tool that a lot of right. parents don't even think about is that when they have a child who's overwhelmed, overstimulated, you know, whatever it is. Sometimes right. that physical touch is really all you need to be able to de-escalate things. Well, also, <laughs> in this case, because he was so inconsolable, I literally, like, saw a stand with, like, chocolates on it. And I mm-hmm. told one of the guys, give me that chocolate. I'm going to pay for it. Just give it. Get it to me. <laughs> and as soon as it was in his hand, even though that's not what he was crying for. Right, he, right. I think he was just overstimulated and yeah. super tired and didn't know how to go to sleep, I right, guess, right. in his stroller. But, um as soon as I gave him that chocolate, it was like, poof, like yeah, as if none magic. of that had happened yeah. as it, <laughs> yeah. so it, he needed more than my touch. He needed a, a, candy, course, bar. a candy bar, but Who doesn't um, need a candy bar. That would make me feel better. Bribery, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think but, that's an important yeah. thing too. Cause I think a lot of parents would be like, Oh, but that could be rewarding the behavior. But, right. I, but that's an, that, that's a really good example of good enough parenting. Exactly. In that moment, six months pregnant, overwhelmed at the mall, yeah. everybody's staring at you. You do the best you can. Right. And I think what's important is, the component of not judging yourself for it. Yeah. No, I... Yeah. No, I well, mean, not you. That, could have, that, <laughs> that screaming could have gone on for hours. Totally. I was like, what can I do? I'm but holding I mean, him. <laughs> like, I think it's really easy to judge yourself. Yeah. Like, did I do this right? And to, like, like play it back in your head and reassess yeah. and kind of, like, um, ruminate about what right. happened. That was when he was one and a half years old he's mm-hmm. seven now and mm-hmm. he's never after a crying spell asked me for a candy bar so, <laughs> so you didn't ruin there, him. there you, you go spoil him <laughs> he's not broken but i think a lot of parents have that tendency and this goes right back to the idea of yeah. what good enough parenting means is the idea of not judging yourself yeah for or not like going back and replaying could i have done this better oh my god did i ruin my child did yeah. i ruin you know it's not judging yourself right that's the main component of good enough parenting is right. doing the best you can in the moment and then not judging yourself, blaming yourself, shaming yourself, feeling guilt for something that didn't go perfectly 100% the way that it could have. Right. And I think that's the key component. My go-to response to any parent that's questioning their choices or mm-hmm. whatever is, you know, if somebody comes in and says, oh my gosh, my five-year-old still wets his bed or my five-year-old still wants to sleep in bed with us. Like, I need I need this eliminated. I need it gone. And yeah. I say, okay. But do you know any... 45 year old that's still wetting his bed or right. that's still sleeping with his parent right you know because parents come out with so much guilt and shame like oh that one time i let him sleep in my bed when he was sick and now he wants to do it all the yeah. time it's like okay you did what you had to do when he was sick mm-hmm. and now there's this habit but i don't know any like 50 year old men that are still right. like sleeping in their parents bed right it's a behavior that's eventually going to go away mm-hmm. you will figure it out right <laughs> It is fine. Right. And I think the other part, too, is, is it something that's okay for your family? Like, right. yeah, the, the your kid is now sleeping in your bed. Is that something that's really bothering you? Or are you feeling like it's like he shouldn't be? There's going right. to be judgment about it. Because if things are working for your family, 
you should just keep doing what's working. Right. As long as it's not harming anybody or, you know, causing immediate threat or harm or danger or whatever. Yeah. But if it's working for you. Right. Don't allow pressure or judgment or guilt to... Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And if it's not, then you work out ways to get them used to their bed again or whatever Mm -hmm. the situation is. But, I mean, don't feel bad because you had to do what you had to do at the moment to calm the situation down or to fix a situation or to work through a situation. Right. And I think that's just kind of the overall theme. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just found out recently um, there's a hashtag that kind of really focuses around being the good enough parent. So there's a hashtag called speak the secret. And it's really the idea of um, just kind of that we're all in this together and like not judging yourself or blaming yourself. Like, you know, like all those memes Mm -hmm. that float around the internet about how hard parenting is and like commiserating around it together. Um, So there's this hashtag, um, hashtag speak the secret that's on social media um, where you can, you can kind of like commiserate with how hard parenting is or like, being able to talk about good enough parenting and so I think that's been really interesting that it's sort of like a trending movement right now um you know because like even these moms that we keep calling like quote-unquote Instagram perfect and you know trying to like take pictures for social media that like look perfect and this feeling of like pressure and judgment that they need to be that way even those parents are posting memes about like how hard parenting is or like you know joking about like needing needing like all the like wine memes that yeah. moms have gotten like th- that have become so popular um so that even these like quote-unquote instagram perfect parents and moms are sharing parenting memes like we share on our instagram right. where it's like commiserating about how hard parenting is um and i think that just kind of speaks to the idea that like even even deep down like they are identifying with this good enough parenting thing right even though on the surface they're trying to put on this mask maybe for social media about like having an air of perfect yeah and i think the thing with that is that these um people not just moms Mm -hmm. i think people on instagram that do things like that and they're constantly showing um the better and positive and happier side of life let's Mm -hmm. say and then once in a while throw in like oh my gosh i'm so depressed because this happened or oh i'm suffering through anxiety or even if it's not a mental health issue Mm -hmm. um you know, I'm concerned about this or I have this stress. It's not all as it appears. You know, they all say like, I know I post these things, but people's reaction are like, uh, yeah, I don't care about your problems. You live in a $2 million house or I don't care about your problems because you have three healthy children or I don't care about your, but you also, um, not Instagram moms part of understanding that everybody has their own battles and their own Mm -hmm. struggles and just because other people's battles look more glamorous or easier quote unquote to you doesn't mean it's not there for them and doesn't mean it's not valid for them so that also happens a lot I see yeah well so I think the takeaway from that is the importance of normalizing Mm -hmm. things like how hard parenting is normalizing postpartum depression and anxiety uh, normalizing the struggles that we go through as parents and how hard it is to sometimes even just be a good enough parent And I think the more we normalize it, the more we talk about it, the more we post parenting memes about how hard parenting is, all of that kind of stuff, the more we're normalizing it, the more um, we won't hopefully feel this pressure to Mm -hmm. be perfect. Well, and so if you want to see some amazing parenting memes that are going to normalize good enough parenting for you, check out our Instagram because we've got plenty of those. I think that's sort of what we uh, specialize in is sharing those with the world. 
um, because we can identify with them so much. So check out our Instagram is a bedtime yet podcast with underscores between each of the words and on Facebook is a bedtime yet podcast. And if you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, ideas for future episodes, you can email us at is a bedtime yet podcast at gmail.com. Um, and don't forget to check out our Patreon at is a bedtime yet podcast. And don't forget to be okay with being a good enough parent. And for today, this is Dr. Den and Dr. Serene asking, is it bedtime yet? Bye.